Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's message comes from the Gospel of Mark, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if you were here a few weeks ago, you might remember that we talked a little bit about the Sabbath. And the story was Jesus' disciples pluck some grain from the fields as they're walking along. And later Jesus heals a man with a withered hand. The Pharisees take issue with this because they think that Jesus and his disciples are working on the Sabbath, which was forbidden according to their rules and regulations. You couldn't do anything on the Sabbath unless it was life or death because it was intended to be a complete day of rest. And Jesus' response to them was, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? Jesus shows them that the Sabbath is not kept with rigid rules and procedures that ignore human needs. Jesus says, Stretch out your hand, and the man is healed. You might say that Jesus didn't do any work in healing. He didn't touch him. He just spoke. Nevertheless, he still healed the man. The reason I bring all of this up today is because in the story you heard in the gospel reading, it's almost the complete opposite of that healing story, where you had Jesus working on the Sabbath when it's supposed to be a day of rest. In our story today, the disciples really need Jesus to work at helping them to not sink. And what is he doing? Well, now he's resting. And if you ever wanted to know whether or not Jesus was a light or a heavy sleeper, I think you have your answer. As the waves are coming and the boat is filling with water, Jesus, who's probably also getting wet, is asleep. However, what kind of sleeper Jesus is, is not what I want to bring up today. What I want to bring up is what happens after. The disciples see Jesus asleep, and they wake him and say, Do you not care that we are perishing? Jesus, I don't know if you can tell, but water is coming into this boat, and we are sinking. So wake up and start bailing this water out with us. Do you want us to go down with the ship? Do you care about our lives? The disciples had been with Jesus a while now, and they certainly had seen him care about the lives of others. And now he has a chance to show them he cares about them too. This brings up our question for today. Does God care about you? In the world that we live in, people question whether or not God even exists. That's because of the world that we live in. Take a look around and you see hatred, anger, violence, wars, persecution, sickness, diseases, and death. You all go through storms at one point or another in your life, and storms are those rough patches, the figurative wind and waves that crash in and around you and want to sink your boat, the things that happen that want to ruin your life. The question the world asks is, if God is really a loving, caring God, why is there so much evil in the world and why do so many bad things happen? And you've probably heard this question a number of times before. It essentially comes down to whether or not God is good. Because if God is good, then there shouldn't be bad in this world. 
because God's a good God and will fix it. You, of course, know the answer to why so many bad things happen in this world and why evil is so present in this world. The answer is sin. And the reason the world doesn't want to admit that all these bad things are a result of sin is because then the world bears some responsibility. And as you saw a couple weeks ago when we looked at Genesis 3, the world, Adam and Eve, couldn't admit that they were the problem. Adam blamed God and Eve for eating the forbidden fruit, and Eve blamed the serpent. People don't like to admit that the issue is not God, because then that means the problems don't come from God. And eventually, you have to admit that you're a part of the problem. And we don't like to put any blame on ourselves. Maybe we even ask ourselves, if God really cared, would he allow storms in the first place? If God really loved me, he wouldn't allow me to go through all this pain and suffering, all these struggles. The Old Testament reading was from Job, and Job is probably the most common example we use when people are going through suffering that they can't always understand. Job was such a good, righteous man, and all these terrible things happened to him. He lost his children, his health, his wealth, pretty much everything except his wife. But when you read the story of Job, God isn't the cause. God allowed Satan to do all these things to Job, but Satan was given strict guidelines he had to follow. Job didn't understand what was happening when it was happening. And we don't always either. And sometimes we come up with phrases to help us deal with these hard-to-understand ideas of God. One of those phrases is, God won't give you more than you can handle. It's supposed to make us feel better about all the bad stuff we're going through, like we can take comfort knowing that we can get through it because God won't give us too much. Yet how many times do you hear people tell you they can't handle it? That they're beyond their breaking point? That's because this phrase is a complete lie. If God didn't give you more than you can handle, you would never need God. If there was no storm for the disciples, no sinking ship, they would have never had to wake Jesus. If God doesn't allow storms in your life, you would never have a reason to turn to him. We don't always understand the reason behind suffering. But Paul tells us in Romans, suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Just because we don't often understand how God works doesn't tell us whether or not he cares about us. So you ask, does God care for me in my storm? Does he care about me when I lose my job? Does he care about me when I lose my spouse or parent or grandparent or child? Does he care about me when nothing is going right? Does he care about me when my family leaves me and I have no one? Does he care about me when temptation after temptation comes? Does he care about me when I'm stuck in my sin, my addiction, my selfishness, my greed, my lust, my hatred, my envy, my pride, whatever it is? 
Does he care about me in all my storms in life? To answer this, we can go back to the gospel reading. Jesus awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Did he care about the disciples getting through the storm? Yes. Just like Jesus working on the Sabbath proved that he is the Lord of the Sabbath and that he cares about the needs of people, Jesus proves he cares for his disciples and that he is even Lord over nature as the wind and waves obey him. And how did he do it? By bringing peace. He could have just said, be still. But Jesus said, peace, be still. He calmed the storm. And he also cares more than just earthly storms. Because in our life, we actually don't have peace. We don't have peace with God. And that's because of sin. Sin has destroyed the relationship we have with God and has caused us to be opposed to God. We are his enemies. Our sinful nature is completely opposed to God, and it's something that we're all born with. And what happens is that when the storms come, we don't go to God first. We go to God last. When we have nowhere else to turn, or we don't go to God at all. A life without God is a life without peace. And that life only leads to destruction. That life only leads to death. That life leads to hell. Jesus came to bring peace. He came to restore the relationship that has been broken because of sin. He came to bring reconciliation to you and God so that you are no longer opposed to God. And the only way for this to happen was for Jesus to enter into all the storms of our life, to enter into our struggles, to enter into our temptations. Yet in his temptations, he did not sin. Instead, on the cross of Calvary, Jesus took our sin upon himself. He took all the pain, all the suffering of hell that we deserve. He took our death. He said, it is finished. And then he died for the sins of the whole world, for your sins and mine. And Jesus rose from the dead three days later, proving that he had conquered sin, death, and the power of the devil, and that he has reconciled man to God through his death and resurrection. He paid our price to give us eternal life. He took our hell to give us heaven. And so if you ask whether or not God cares about you, all you have to do is look at the cross. And the answer clearly is yes. Jesus suffered for us, suffered death while we were still in our sin. And that is how he demonstrates his love for us. God is a good God. He is a great God. And he did do something to fix the evil, all the bad things in this world. He did it through Jesus. And through his death and resurrection, we have peace with God. What's the first thing Jesus said to his disciples after the resurrection? Peace be with you. And when we go back to the disciples on the boat, we see Jesus bring peace. But it's not just peace after the storm. 
It's also peace in the storm. God is not sleeping on the job now. You don't have to wake him up, but you can call out to him and ask him to save you from whatever storm you're in. God never promised that the storms in our life would disappear because we believe in him, but he did promise that he's right there with us when we're in them to bring us peace and ultimately to bring us final peace when he calls us home. And so whatever storm you're going through, Jesus is there to bring you peace. Peace when you lose a loved one, a parent, a child, when you have a miscarriage. Peace in your financial problems. Peace in all the uncertainties of life. Peace in all of your struggles. Peace in all of your temptations. Peace even when you feel like you're trapped in sin. He gives you his peace so that you can then go and make peace with others that you have conflict with. Peace in all of your storms. Peace through his death and resurrection. Peace through his word and peace through his sacraments. And so as you come to the table this day, Jesus has given his body and blood for you to forgive you all your sins, to strengthen your faith, to give you eternal life, and to bring you peace. And then we'll end the service with the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. You go with God's peace to be with you when you need it, which is all the time. Through Jesus Christ, we have peace before the storm, peace in the storm, and peace after the storm. Amen.